for making your way here and worshiping us with us tonight. And our prayer and our goal is just to simply tell you the greatest story ever told, the greatest gift we've ever, we've ever received, and that's Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite Dave Barry up, and he's going to start off. We're going to light our Advent candle. Four Sundays ago, we lit the first Advent candle as a reminder of the hope we have in Christ. Three weeks ago, we lit the second candle as a reminder of the peace he gives. Two weeks ago, we lit the third candle as a reminder of the joy he brings. Last Sunday, we lit the fourth candle as a reminder of the love God shows us in Christ. Tonight, the Advent season ends. We wait no longer. The great event for which we have waited has happened. God's promise of a Redeemer is fulfilled. Christ Jesus is born. We light the Christ candle with praise to our God who sent our Savior into the world. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with self-control, right conduct, and devotion to God, while we look forward to that wonderful event when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing what is right. Titus 2, 11 through 14.
What a wonderful opening to our service tonight. And I don't know, did you see how many bells some of these people were ringing up here? It's not easy. And then you've got to turn the pages yourself as well. Next year I'll help you turn pages because I, I have no rhythm, so I can't do bells. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Welcome to New Village Church. We're so glad that you could join us tonight for our service. I know for our family, uh, this is a very special night and our favorite service of the year. Uh, when we gather together to celebrate Advent, God coming into the world in the form of a helpless baby while also being the mighty creator and the savior of the world. Let's open in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, as we celebrate your overwhelming love and goodness and the provision of your son, Jesus Christ, be with us tonight, Father God, as we raise our voices to praise you, as we glory in the reading of the Christmas story from your word. Lord, we thank you and we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we do have a few really quick announcements tonight. Um, just so you know, I'm not sure if we have any uh, small children here. We do not have a nursery provided tonight. And the reason for that is so that uh, everyone from our church who wishes to participate in the service tonight would be able to do so. <clears throat> so uh, we welcome your children, our children. Uh, we only ask that if um, we ask the children one thing, if your parents are starting to become a little bit restless, that you'd bring them to the back maybe and just listen from the narthex. And uh, cell phones, you know what to do. And if yours does go off during the service, we'll stop everything and stare at you till you turn it off. <laughs> but we'll do that in the spirit of Christian love. Um, if we do have any visitors tonight, uh, we ha and I do see a few visitors, so uh, again, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We do have a special gift for you on your way out. I'm not sure. They're on one of the tables in the back. Yeah, there, there's a bag out there for you, a gift bag, and we have some very nice gifts in there for you, so please uh, be sure to pick them up with you uh, on your way out. So let's continue to worship the Lord and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, allowing God's Word to do most of the talking here tonight. Our first reading is going to be from Genesis 3, verses 8 through 15, where God announces the, in the Garden of Eden that the seed of the woman shall bruise the serpent's head. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall, shall bruise him on the heel. Is this on? The second reading is from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Christ's birth is foretold by the prophet Isaiah. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, 
and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. From Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 4, the prophet Micah foretells the glory of Bethlehem. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. And we're going to do a series of readings and then a few songs. And, and when we do do the songs, we would really like for you to join with us. So if you're able to, um, please stand and uh, raise your voice to praise the Lord. So come, O oh come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So come thou day spring, come and cheer, and our spirits by thine advent Drive away the shades of night And pierce the clouds and bring us light Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O All people in one heart and mind Bid envy, strive and quarrel cease Fill all the world with heaven's peace Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Come to thee, O Israel, and rejoice. 
Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. A night of wonder, still and silent, Heaven's brilliance from above Light of glory pierced the darkness Mercy pierced my heart with love This is Jesus, King of glory Here to rest
seated. Luke 1, verses 26 to 38, the angel appears to Mary. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Matthew 1, 18-23. Matthew tells of the birth of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall, shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates means God with us. This is from Luke 2, 1 through 7. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's stand and let's continue to worship uh, together this evening.
seated. You guys sound wonderful. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. The shepherds hear of the birth of Jesus. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Let's continue to worship. If you'd like to stand or you can stay seated, either, either one's fine. I know we re- it's a lot of up and down, so. <laughs> Let's sing together. Come adore on bandit. 
I brought my shepherd staff with me tonight. No, really. And um, a shepherd's staff was a very important tool. And I want to just consider for a minute or two, what did the shepherds think that night? How did they feel when the angels told them of Christ's birth? Certainly they were awestruck. They were most likely quite shocked to be chosen to receive this announcement. They were, after all, after all, fairly low on the social scale, even though they were the guardians of the main resource of the town's primary industry. They were perhaps not well known for their social skills. They were out in the hills by themselves for long, long periods of time, and human interaction seldom occurred. The appearance of angels announcing a birth would be shocking enough, but they must have wondered at the significance of their inclusion in it at all. They were, as a matter of course, avoided by the general population. Perhaps it was later that they began to understand the significance of their role in Jesus' life, perhaps even years later, when Jesus' ministry was in full swing, and that they realized that this Jesus was the same babe they once honored when John the Baptist announced him as the Lamb of God. Maybe it was then that they began to see the implication of their presence in the stable. For the reality of their job, their vocation, one that was often passed on from father to son for generations, was to raise these lambs for sacrifice in the temple at Jerusalem. This was the industry of this little town of Bethlehem. They were raised to be laid across the altar as the atonement for the sins of the people. The perfect lamb was chosen and killed from the flocks they raised. Not since Abraham was chosen, I mean, excuse me, not since Abraham had stretched his own son Isaac across the stones had a human ever laid upon the altar, but he had been spared. Simply taking the title of the Lamb told the world who Jesus was for those who had ears to hear. Did they perhaps hear of this and cover their mouths as they gasped in surprise? This babe, this man, the Lamb, how could this be? And again, how did they feel when the same man who called himself the Son of God also called himself the Good Shepherd? 
Did they straighten their spines with the implication of the honor he gave them? Did they plant their shepherd's staffs and let the pride of this shine, the pride of light shine in their eyes? Did they smile and think, I knew him, I was there when he was born? Would they not also bow their heads in sorrow and let a tear roll down their cheek when they, when they knew the final destination of the unblemished lamb? And how is it that he was both lamb and shepherd? As the lamb, Jesus knew he needed a caring and watchful eye on him to ensure his safety and fulfill his needs. As a shepherd, he knew exactly what a lamb needed when he took them to the still waters. He knew how to best protect them by laying down his life for them on the altar where they were meant to be. As a man, he knows our needs. As a God, he knows our needs. But all of this must have come later to the minds of the shepherds. They could have not have known all that he was as they beheld him in the manger. All they knew was the joy his birth brought the world that day, overwhelming as it was. They saw and heard a heavenly host and found a king in lowly circumstance. And in so many ways and so many times, I am left to wonder what it must have been like to be a shepherd kneeling before that bed of hay bringing with me the only gift I had available to me in saying, I am but a lowly shepherd and I have so little, but here I have brought for you this perfect lamb. Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. And as I just read, the shepherds raised their sheep for the sacrifice, a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins in the same way that God sent His Son Jesus into the world to be a sacrifice. What sacrifice is that and why is a sacrifice even necessary? One of our elders, Paul Nelson, gave an excellent treatment of the Scripture, John 3.16, this past Sunday regarding God's love for us and why Jesus had to die. And I highly recommend that you listen to that if you have not heard it already. But, I want, but what I want to tell you tonight is that Jesus died to save us from our sins. In the Bible, in the book of Romans 3.23, the Apostle Paul says, For all have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. And shortly before that, also in the book of Romans, in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, but there is none righteous, no, not one. And I have to tell you, this is bad news. I mean, that's really, really bad news because what that verse is saying there is that we are all sinners, each and every one of us. But because of that, and the news only gets worse in Romans 6.23 where it says, for the wages of sin is death. But what God is speaking about there is eternal separation from Him because we have sinned. But thankfully, God does not leave us hanging there. He does not leave us hanging in our sin because in the second half of Romans 6.23, we read, and this is really, really good news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the best gift we could ever receive at Christmas or at any other time of the year for that matter. But as is true with any gift, we need to receive that gift in order to fully experience the blessings of that gift. If we receive a gift but put it aside and never open it, we will never experience how wonderful that gift might have been. And think about this, just on a little bit of a lighter note, what if someone gave you a gift and it was food? and you never opened it, and you left it in the corner for a couple of weeks, how stinky is that gift going to be in a few weeks or months or whatever? We need to open a gift 
to truly receive what is in there and then to enjoy it. So it is with the gift of that the gift of God the Father has given us through Jesus His Son. To quote Romans again, in Romans 10.9 we read that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. My friends, this is what Christmas is all about. God coming into the world in the flesh to present Himself to His own people so that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Martin Luther once said, when we look at the wood of the manger, we need to realize that eventually Jesus will be hanging on the wood of the cross. Jesus was born that we may have life and have that life eternally. Jesus is the greatest gift we can ever receive. One last scripture reading tonight is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 where Jesus unfolds the great mystery of the Incarnation. And there John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not believe him, did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is what Christmas is all about. The Word became flesh. Jesus came into this world knowing that He was going to be rejected, knowing that He was going to be hung on that cross for our sins. But this is the beauty of Christmas, knowing that Jesus came, that God loved us so much that He sent His only Son, and Jesus humbled Himself even to the point of death on a cross for us. And receiving Jesus into our hearts is the best Christmas gift that we could ever have. We're going to do one more song here called the Christmas Alleluia, and then we're going to have the candle lighting. Let's continue to worship together this evening.
Amen and amen. We are going to uh, have our candlelight uh, ceremony, not ceremony, but our, our candlelight now, the silent night. And what we're going to do is uh, David and I will bring our candles to you and we'll start in the middle and kind of go out each row. Uh, we're kind of flying without a net here just with these little paper ones. <laughs> so just please uh, be careful that uh, tilt the unlit candle into the lit candle so uh, we're not dripping wax on one another. And um, we, we really want everybody to join with us. We're going to sing all the verses of Silent Night. And does anybody not have a candle? Because we do have uh, more candles. Is it over? Yeah. And then I'm going to light the candle from the Christ candle. Jesus is the light of the world. And we are here to celebrate His coming into the world tonight. And so what we'll do is we'll light it from the center candle. And then you may stand if you like. We're all going to be singing in, in a, a moment anyway.
Merry Christmas. 